0: Hello, and welcome to the latest E podcast. Me, Nigel. And me, Park. Hello. So today's a special blockbuster edition, because last month we had an Irish thing, and we like to have a bit of a theme. So uh, this is podcast number, what do we say, 19? Sure. Yeah, we think it's 19. Anyway, um, this month we're taking on some of the big budget films, which are gracing screens this summer, and then also travelling back in time a little bit, to see what summer in 2004 looked like. Speaking of travelling back in time... X-Men. I was sent here for you. Well, tell me whoever it was that sent you that I'm busy. It's going to be a little tricky because the person who sent me was you. What? About 50 years from now. 50 years from now, like in the future, 50 years from now. Yeah. I sent you from the future. Yeah. If you had your powers, you'd know I was telling the truth. How do you know I don't have my... All right, you've piqued my interest. What do you want? I need your help. We need your help.
1: Yeah, so there we had a clip of Wolverine, played by Hugh Jackman, talking to um, a young Professor Xavier, who isn't in a wheelchair, played by uh, James McAvoy. So we saw these a couple of years ago in... Was it two years ago in the rebooted X-Men?
0: First Class? Uh, yeah. uh, yes,
1: I think so. And it kind of went back in time, and we had a young Professor Xavier and a young Magneto, who was played by Michael Fassbender, So now Brian Singer has come back on board and he's directing this X-Men Days of Future Past and it combines the two X-Men world. So we have Patrick Stewart and uh, Ian McKellen. McKellen.
0: Anna Paquin and Halle Berry and all those people.
1: And Hugh Jackman again as Wolverine. So it starts off with an attack in the future. You were saying you think it's about 2023?
0: 2023 according to the internet. I have to look it up.
1: So there's these sentinel creatures that are attacking mutants, it seems, trying to wipe them out. So the older X-Men that were more familiar with sent a plan in action whereby they can send Wolverine back in time to the 70s to stop the event which eventually led to these sentinels being created, which involves... um Raven or as we more commonly know her, Mystique. Mystique Jennifer
0: Lawrence. Yeah. yeah, who's
1: played by Jennifer Lawrence. So it's a bit complicated at the start, but you kind of figure it out eventually. And yeah. It starts I had to a make a sense.
0: Yeah, I had a problem with my 3D glasses at the beginning of this film, so I, it wasn't it was all blurry for me for the first kind of 5 minutes. So the whole pre um the whole f- fight at the beginning, it kind of I missed quite a bit of it. So it took me a little bit of time to get set up and I was a bit confused by um lots of things. Um but uh Loved it. In yeah, general. it's
1: really good. It's good that Singer's back on form, kind of, and back in with it. It does feel He's like... He's going to have
0: to get them in before he goes to jail, though. for his uh, Allegedly. For his alleged abuse. No. Um, yeah. Which we've checked out. He's fighting these allegations, so that's kind of gone That's not it really been It was a pity, paper, though, he but. had
1: to kind of pull away from the
0: Pub- publicity, publicity of it and kind of
1: yeah. go back into hiding or whatever. Um, it's great, though. There's a lot more story to it, I think. You know, it does have the good action scenes, but there is more of it. There seems to be more kind of like speeches and the whole concept of mutants and being different and what it actually means. Um, So, yeah, it's really good. There is brilliant action scenes in it, though. There's a new character who kind of comes in, uh, Quicksilver, who's played by Evan Peters. People recognize him from American Horror Story. He's kind of a recurring character in that.
0: Yeah, and then the funny thing with Quicksilver is he's going to be in uh, the Avengers Age of Ultron film next year, but played by Aaron Taylor Johnson, which is Ah. just really confusing and ridiculous because... Um, why couldn't they? This is a funny thing. Where in comic book land, X Men, Spider Man, and the Avengers have always been in the same things and crossing over and co- combinations. They exist but, in the same universe, but with this, the three, okay. those three worlds have been owned by different studios, and so they haven't been able to have much uh, crossover but here they actually have the same character in both of them which is a bit confusing but he was brilliant in it and uh, there's a fantastic
1: scene with the slow motion everyone
0: kind of seems to talk yeah, about was that possibly the highlight of the whole thing it was that like brilliant yeah I still remember in X2 um, all those years ago at Nightcrawler played by Knight, uh, Alan Cummings at the beginning yeah. of the film where he takes over the White House Like that was one of the best introductions to a, a character and you could want and this yeah. is kind of reminiscent of that and um, but he's only he kind of dips in and then they send him home and mm. i was trying to remember do they say the word quicksilver at all in it like i, I was then kind of coming up with the idea oh, that maybe yeah. there could be a trademark or infringement or something that possibly they, because at the end of um in the in the post credits bit after was a captain america when they briefly introduced quicksilver um and uh, Elizabeth Olson as well. the 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 twins, where they they don't call them mutants. They oh yeah, and they, it's like as if they, I had no idea what was going different on different films entirely. own different yeah. words. Mm. So can the can the Avenger universe not use the word mutants or something? So oh, possibly actually, yeah. yeah. yeah so cool. it's all a bit funny. It's a pity they all couldn't have sat down ten years ago. But you know, it means that we're getting great films all the time. These yeah. big superhero, big blockbuster, marquee and things. They
1: the relationship between the characters is is more believable as well. I think it's breezier. Like it's there's great banter between the two of them between Jackman and uh, James McAvoy at the start when he kind of turns mm-hmm. up. That's good. And then when Fastbender comes along, all the future kinda, shite. Yeah, you believe all of them much more. Like they're they're all proper actors. Yeah, I know McAvoy. I'm pretty sure has played Macbeth. Fassbender is going to play Macbeth in Up and Coming.
0: And then... Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart are probably have Hugh played. Jackman's probably the most... Yeah. One of the most talented, diverse actors so of great. this generation. And it's interesting. Jennifer Lawrence has role. won Oscars. Yeah. I um, think he was in About a Boy. I'm and not Peter, sure what else you can say about Nicholas Holt. Games of Thrones
1: fans. Peter Dinklage is in it. He plays Dr. Trask. He kind of creates these uh, sentinel characters who eventually might lead to the destruction of mutants. And it's yeah. good for him kind of getting...
0: Yeah, but did you feel a little against? bit... So, I suppose, turn off the next three minutes, if you haven't seen the film. Um, did you feel when they just kind of hit that reset button and they just have built this new world where, like, Gene Grey is back and... Yeah, I kind of really didn't understand that. I was just like, "What's why yeah. is
1: this okay
0: now? Or In stories, and even at the beginning, with Patrick Stewart being, like, alive again, you're kind of like, oh, okay, so, again... Different realities and everything, and it goes back to stuff, even like um, with source code with these parallel timelines. Yeah, remember that film? Uh uh-huh. um, And you just kind of have to accept that this is what modern kind of sci fi does, but it means that you're it gives them
1: a great lease of life. And as well, someone was saying to me because they were
0: asking me what X Men is it, and I was like,
1: I don't know, it could be about seven.
0: Um, yeah, we've had two Wolverine films, we've had three X Men, so and we've had uh, first uh, class, first class, so this would be seven, yeah. Seven.
1: So, like, if you said. Oh, I'm going to see X Men Seven? You'd be like, oh no, I'm not going to yeah. see. You. you know, you wouldn't go see Rocky yeah, Seven. F- so no. it's like, oh, but it's X Men Days of Future Past. Would, like, say, oh, brilliant!
0: I, I would go and see Rocky okay. Seven. I, Rocky Rocky Balboa, e.g., Rocky Six, was quite good. Right. Um. But yeah, it was. Uh, it was very good. I did think it was a little bit, um, a bit disjointed. But I can't wait to see it again. Like, and that's yeah, just so as I can get a better. Handle and it is on very
1: it. entertaining. The action isn't too ridiculous. It's not Transformer ish you know you you can follow what's going on there's a cool thing that they used to start with you know that thing where it was like doors were opening in one place and coming out another they had some good fun with that I thought yeah well, limbs he just getting cut off of, yeah
0: you remember that he's just such a good director as well like Brian Singer yeah. is a proper kind of
1: the guy who plays Nixon I thought was um, have you ever watched Everyone Loves Ray Mond yes Raymond sorry uh, yeah his older brother the cop I thought it was him, but then it was like, No, his voice is totally different and I doubt he does a good Nixon impersonation.
0: Oh, I don't know. And then we wrapped it up with the typical uh, post credit sequence then. Oh where yes. they have uh N Sabanur uh E. G. Apocalypse or AKA Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Uh no, we will talk about Mel Gibson later. But uh in there and they kinda they're setting up the next X Men film, which is gonna be two years' time, set in the eighties. Brian Singer is going to direct again, which is great. If he's not in jail. If he's not in jail. And um yeah, so I think it's gonna be it's gonna be good. We're back on board with the X Men. I still think there's that thing at the those end, you're first like I'm not two. sure I even felt that nostalgic for those first two films, and yet them and and Spider Man, this was like ten, twelve years ago yeah. at the stage, were what kinda got us started on this whole superhero. So is it their role. fault? No, it's not their fault. Well, there's nothing wrong, like Captain America was brilliant. Iron Man last year was brilliant, Avengers the year before was very good too. Like uh-huh. for the most part, these films are but Very it's kinda put us down is. a
1: track of like less oh, original you, ideas well, yeah, and just more. this past
0: week we saw Edgar Wright get leave Ant Man, which is yeah. a film he's worked on for like years and years and years and Marvel And Godzilla just took too control. is announced. Yeah, Marvel already. took control of Ant Man and mm-hmm. Edgar Wright just said, Yeah, I can do it's a great thing with Joss Sweden holding up a Cornetto. Kind of in tribute to Ah, Edgar I didn't get that. I saw that you know, tweet. So I guess that Brilliant. was his weird. Now the ultimate would be if Joss Whedon said, "Well, I'm not going to do the Avengers now. I Want my money back?" But um, he's not that stupid. Yeah, these films just kind of chug along. We, we're going to get two or three of them a year. These big superhero things until they. Collapse. I Think Ant Man would have been small enough though, where they wouldn't really cared. Yeah, because I think I, from what I can read about it, they wanted an Ant Man to fit into the whole universe and maybe eventually end up in like an Avengers offshoot thing oh, or something. oh okay but um He probably do a great, great yeah. fun film, but when you're told you have to kinda lapse in. But um anyway, Days of Future Past, I think I said a four stars ago. Yeah, I'd give a four, two. Yeah. Four two. Forty two out of fifty, yeah. Oh, very good. It's our new market. I always enjoy yeah, I always enjoy when you go on, on sites. It's usually computer games and stuff and they give very exact percentages yeah. to stop. Eighty
1: seven percent. This is
0: eighty six percent. How, can you, how, how could you have given this one more percent? Um, anyway, so staying on the theme of rewriting history a little bit and these kind of weird timelines and stuff not mattering much, um, coming up, uh, I think, today, coming out this Friday, the twin, what day, around the 30th, um, is a similarly time- and mind-bending film from Tom Cruise and director Tom, uh, no, it's not Tom Lyman, Doug Lyman, uh, Edge of Tomorrow, which I've seen, you haven't seen at the moment. No. Um... So, we'll just take a look at this slip. You
1: alright, Cage? I think I broke something. What? My back. The only thing I can feel on my lips. Now, listen carefully. This is a very important rule. This is the only rule. You get injured on the field, you better make sure you die. Why? Last time I was in combat, I was hit. I was bleeding out, just not fast enough. I woke up in a field hospital with three pints of someone else's blood, and I was out. I lost the power, do you understand? I think we'd better start over, don't you?
0: So, that was Emily Blunt and Tom. Cruise in Edge of Tomorrow your question you asked was how was she there if she lost the power to trans go yeah, in and she just out. hasn't died naturally yeah so basically the, the story is that Tom Cruise when he dies there's a bit of a B movie style thing he's been it's a very simple plot basically he keeps getting sent back to this point um, on a Navy base and uh, he has to live this moment uh, on and on and on and eventually dies and she used to have this power and he ends up finding her and then she says come and find me, it's, it kind of it's very, very, very simple, and yeah. it's kind of like a computer game at the be- beginning
1: It's kind of come out of nowhere in some regards this film, I said to someone recently, was just like oh, the new Tom Cruise film, they're like, what new Tom Cruise film? Yeah, yeah And it, it, it seems, had much when I saw the and trailer, it a bit it's
0: tired and everything, I tell you, I haven't been as surprised as anything as when, last week, when the first reviews came up, and uh, it just said, yeah, Edge of Tomorrow is actually very, very good say critics, and um yeah it's um this is a review up on the site and uh it's another four star film like this is just such an a nice simple thing Doug Lyman did. The first Born Identity film. Okay, was it called The Born Identity? I think it was 2002. Anyway, and then he did Mister and Mrs Smith, but he hasn't like done a whole lot. So you wouldn't really have had high hopes because usually with these things, when Tom Cruise is involved, he's kind of the driving force and okay, um, and that. But last year he had um, that was terrible. Oblivion. Yeah, did we kind of not enjoy Oblivion? A well, I thought it was terrible. I quite enjoyed it and it's no. it's epic music and that. But um, he seems to be going down the route of not challenging himself too much, just making good solid films like he had Jack Reacher as well last year which um, again I thought was pretty solid as well a good solid three um, stars and that so um, yeah it's a really nice simple engaging story that, does um, it clock in too long what is it 92 hours no I think it's very short I have it written down here but the fun th- the, the the thing with it is as I said with with uh, X-Men when there's no um, sense of Peril. Whenever you know he's going to die, they'll just start again. But it does mean that they can do that thing with uh, lots of just smash cuts of like the uh, we've seen it yeah. so many times in Groundhog Day and everything, where it's just like boom boom and we're back and that's that. Oh, we've been there. Blah blah blah. And it's fun. Um. So but I no, have the Bill very Murray funny. Cameos. Pardon. No, Bill Murray, Bill Murray is not in this. No, I no. have the very f- the brilliant thing that we have for our reviews where we give it a little caption and then a star rating. So my I'm very proud of this one, whereby it's Groundhog D Day, um, and ah. because he keeps going back to fight. uh these uh, a- this alien race Um. anyway so he, he, I haven't really explained he's a PR man for the army he upsets Brendan Gleeson, Brendan Gleeson just goes screw you and sends him into Brendan to, Gleeson, to actually fight Yeah, brilliant. Uh, in this futuristic war and they wear these big suits and it, may, it calls to mind a little bit last year like Elysium and Pacific Rim two films that were very divisive but these big suits and fighting, these big machine guns strapped onto your arm but um, it actually just kind of works, they don't explain the science too much and this weird alien thing that it bleeds on him that's what gives him the power and then he doesn't die he just gets sent back to, to a few minutes before or like earlier in the day so it's very well edited it's very snappy it's obviously stupid but it's satisfying it's right probably the
1: he said that key word they're stupid which i think course you course let negate anything no it
0: doesn't no but you think about how disappointing a film like this like elysium and even didn't you not like looper or did you oh like no Looper? I like Looper you did like Looper alright oh, someone didn't like Looper but like these things when they try to be too clever and explain source code maybe we'll talk about that again where Jake Gyllenhaal on the train and people are like no that doesn't really add up like that doesn't yeah. make sense because it projects itself to be this like really clever thing but this is just good solid um, okay. and it, it fits together there's no plot holes or anything Um also in it, um, it's co-written by Chris, Christopher McQuarrie, by the way. He's the guy who did The Usual Suspects and worked with Brian Singer and all those things, linking back to X-Men.
1: I love um, Brian Singer's company. I don't know if it says, I presume it is, because the wee logo for it is the characters from The Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. And it's called Bad Hat Harry. But the, there's a line in Jaws when that old guy comes oh, yeah, out of the house. That's post. some Bad Hat Harry. Yeah. So I was
0: like, oh, that's cool. That's trivia. There you ding, go. Ding, ding. Trivia Bell. Um... Thingy is, in, I have one weird complaint. Um, Emily Blunt is in this, um, kind of more like Looper Emily Blunt than Devil Wears Prada Emily Blunt, but yeah. she's kind of she's gone down the route of getting really into shape and gone really thin and stuff. And um, is she going to turn into Scorny Waver and be a female action hero? This or? is what I'm wondering. Like she's very she's very good in this, um, but you know, have has a she burger. A Emily part to play. She has a big part. Yeah, big strong. Yeah, you like know. it's a good role for. her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. No, I big fan and there's a nice this it has a quite a cheesy ending as well which is, I kind of ended it. But do you think um, she's a scientologist now. Uh she could be, who knows. Anyway, that's I have
1: wondered do Tom Cruise and his fellow actors be sitting around and he's like a drug peddler being like, "So, Scientology. Here's a pa-
0: Here's a yeah. pamphlet." <laughs> mm, anyway. Yeah, that was it. So, um I want to check out. Speaking
1: um, of aliens, here's a clip from Godzilla. This alpha predator of yours, Doctor. Do you really think he has a chance? The arrogance of man is thinking nature is in our control and not the other way around.
0: Let them fight
1: angry confused japanese man who's no idea that's one face for the entire
0: film oh i think he adds a bit of gravitas to the whole thing so obviously
1: godzilla er, we have a clip from is not an alien but is a monster so you know potato potato the credits were brilliant
0: they were very good, actually, No yeah. one is talking about the credits.
1: Yeah, like a good credits. They're like a good David Fincher. You can always tell a good David Fincher film by Yeah, credits. but
0: there's a bit of thought that went into it. Like, not a lot of films even have credits anymore. Mm. <laughs> I still go back to, like, Dawn of the Dead. That's one of the greatest opening sequences ever. You have a bit of action, then you have this Johnny Cash song with this amazing yeah. credit sequence. So, this had cool credits. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, so, Godzilla, directed by... um. Gareth Edwards, uh, who directed Monsters a good number of years back now, um, obviously has a love for the genre. And what surprised me kind of about the film, if you haven't seen it, you can turn your ears off now. Um, there's an awful lot in the trailer that the film isn't giving away. Because when the whole character of Mothra, they never call it Mothra?
0: Mutu- well, I'm not sure it was Mothra. I thought it was like Motu.
1: Yeah, but I'm like, is that the you're Japanese thing from Mothra? And again, like the X-Men thing, can they not say Mothra? Yeah, I think it's influenced by yeah. that. But yeah, you're right. But there anyway, be. yeah, that's not like that. given away in the trailer. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I'm like, this is a weird old school Monster battle film mm. that the two of them were just kind of beating the shit out of each other. The people
0: are irrelevant, yeah. So much like there's all these good uh, actors
1: and like Elizabeth Olsen in it, Aaron and Johnson, Brian. Elizabeth Cranston. Olsen
0: isn't really in the film. I think Elizabeth Olsen sent a clone, but that no looks one like is really, really just, in the uh, film.
1: Yeah. Brian Cranston again. Uh, close your ears if you haven't seen it dies quite early and like Erin Taylor Johnson the story is Juliet Binoche dies even earlier yeah you're like oh she's in this film (laughs) Sally Hawkins is terribly used in this film she just kind of follows Um, you heard uh, Ken Watanabe in the clip there she just follows him around being like oh yeah that's a good idea oh okay and she was like nearly won an Oscar for Woody Allen film they obviously just were like here do you want $100,000 $100,000 to be in this film yeah. for four days. Probably about a million. Ken Watanabe is terrible in this. He just kind of looks think he... confused and as the camera closed, does the close-up on him and yeah. he's like, oh, what's going on? Confused Japanese man. You need man. to
0: confuse scientists in there to add a bit of thing.
1: Saying all that though, I'm, I'm kind of being very negative on it. Um, yeah, you forget about story and everything. Cause it's, just... it's it's a good enough film. Like the, It's a weird buddy cop movie in some regards because there's this weird scene where Aaron Taylor-Johnson... Looks at Godzilla, and the two of them have this shared look in that they both understand each other. And he realizes that Godzilla was helping them. The bomb goes off at the end. Mm. Was that not a nuclear bomb? Yeah, it was pretty really far away. <laughs> it was on land, and like his wife Elizabeth Olsen was in. The, like that was in San Francisco. Was it not in the water? No, it
0: was I like he sent it. Into but like
1: the lake, he was on the boat with it, and they get him off the boat. But like. The fact that she is still alive and that there's no concern for radiation or anything like It was meant to be the like biggest that. bomb in the world yeah, ever. that's what d- they told us. They said us. it was going to make the one that went off in the '40s look like a firecracker. I just there's massive story holes. We ruined it. this film for producer Colin in who hasn't way. seen it's it. It's brilliant, though. He wasn't going to go see it
0: anyway. I think he right was. was, Colin. Oh. There's a lot of Japanese. No, no, no. We're promoting. Like I give this three and a half. Are you? I'd give it two. Would you? Yeah. The, the story from the monster point of view. Cause like, well put aside no all the, yeah it's a bit like
1: you keep waiting for the Power Rangers to turn up though it's it's that sense of a monster movie you're like yeah. oh where are the Power Rangers and I just can't believe they've got away with making that film and I think they were like oh god we're not yeah. going to sell and this. they're
0: doing a sequel yeah and, and it made he's a also shit ton of money and he's also making a Star Wars spin off um, oh I Garen saw Harris that on IMDb yeah so this is what they've started to do now we haven't even got the new actual Star Wars film and we've an untitled thing yeah.
1: So it's interesting from the point of view that it's a monster fight film, and like Godzilla's trying to save the human race from. Yeah, he's the hero. Yeah, that you know, was very cheesy, wasn't it? But I think I that's what it was like. In, the old in a lot of ways,
0: I was like, "This is a four star film," and then in other ways, I'm like, "This is a one star." Like, so mm. I think I just even went. I was like, you know what? In terms of spectacle, and I like him as a. I think there's a few very cool things for it's all kind of first person like he just cuts away at random times doesn't show bits of the fight like you know that bit where he just cuts away and we don't get to see the first fight between the the Muto and Godzilla and then you're like wait what why are we what happened there and
1: Godzilla looks old school it's like retro Godzilla yeah he does look like a 60s kind of it's like very stumbly you know big feet kind of whatever mm-hmm but, uh, no, no give story it and it's just the nonsense of a story it makes no sense and
0: it's a bit too long and as you say it's not as good as Pacific Rim so um, don't get me started
1: on that yeah
0: so um, there are a couple of current blockbusters also coming up this this summer as we're kind of in this mode uh, out kind of this weekend as well is Maleficent with Angelina Jolie uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West is actually out on, like Saturday May 30th as well this weekend um, I figured kind of, out I'm not sure they why they do, it's coming out on a Saturday. I
1: figured out I was listening to a Mark Remote thing, and the reason they do that is... Voids reviews? No, no, just, it gives it the longest opening ever, because oh. it's effective, because it's not an opening... It's it, a Saturday it, to the following yeah, Sunday. Yeah, so it's a
0: nine-day opening. I think it worked. Bad Neighbours did it, and there were no reviews ready for that Saturday. Like, yeah. So you just... I don't know, you just kind of open and it's a weird way of doing it. But um, Did you like Bad Neighbours? Or did you see it? It's okay, there's some funny bits in it. Good f- good film for a plane, wouldn't it be? Yeah, I but it's so. probably heavily edited. I'd be an incredibly edited version of that film. The guy um, who's topless for the most of it, though. Zac Efron.
1: That's a bit ridiculous. But there was Frank parts film. of the film when I saw Zach Efron, and I was like, oh, you're doing a bit of a young Ray Liotta here. When he gets crazy pissed off at them for like... I was like, you might actually turn into a proper actor instead of an American apparel model. Yeah, that was a funny thing. Which they did well in the film.
0: Um, How to Train Your Dragon, as I return to my list of some films, 2, June 27th. Transformers Age of Extinction featuring What Richard Did's Jack Rayner, 10th of July. The blockbuster I'm most anticipating... I think, or maybe the other one, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, July seventh. That looks very good, yeah. And then Guardians of the Galaxy, July 31st, which also looks very good. I hope it's not a disappointment. I think it might be. I think they might have tricked us with that first trailer. but Yeah. Um. Anyway, there's bound to be lots of tripe in terms of these big films, but hopefully there'll be a bit of... Yeah. In Any mind. other one,
1: films you want to wrap up or mention before we go
0: on? Yeah, A Touch of Sin was a Chinese film that I saw this month, which finally got to come out. Um, it's actually four short films that are kind of linked, but they're mainly thematically linked. It's not a prequel to a Touch of Evil, no. Uh, no, no. Okay. Uh, Chinese director Zhang <clears throat> zhanghai You're welcome. Um, so it's really, it's brilliant, and it's really, really beautiful kind of like you're really selling it you're so enthusiastic here no his well I saw it a couple of weeks ago and I'm the cinematography in it got completely forgotten about it's one of the best looking films you're likely to see like you could pause any bit of it and just kind of marvel at it and um it won best screenplay at last year's Cannes film festival and then was in sight and sounds top 10 for last year so again we're seeing it now in may and i think it's it's gone so like you know find it on blu-ray find it on the internet get it on your streaming service of choice a touch of sin you got yeah. anything
1: that you want to promote Another one that came out right bang at the start, so it almost feels ages ago. was called Blue Rune. Um, it was directed by Germany Solners and it's kind of like a revenge film. at starts. I have a clip out, from it. Oh, brilliant! You me. Cool. Let's have a listen.
0: How much you weigh? I don't know. All right, all right. Pick this up this year. It shoots its own nine millimeter cartridge, but you gotta load a slide back with a stripper.
1: Nothing that's special to you. Just whatever's the least expensive.
0: All right, here, Mini-14, gun
1: show, no papers, it's carbine, it just means it's short,
0: semi-auto, fires every time you pull the trigger, 20 rounds, very reliable, and I got extra ammo. You recognize it? It's an 18 team gun, man, from the show, except theirs are stainless.
1: Yeah, so that was uh, Buzz from Home Alone or Devin Rattray as he's uh, better known. And he plays the friend um, Dwight. He's kind of this hobo at the start. We just kind of see him ambling about and not really sure what is going on. Then he gets picked up by a police officer and we think alright, maybe he's done something. But it's the police officer is telling him that someone's getting released from jail. And then he breaks down and kind of goes into action mode and goes in this revenge campaign on the person who's released from prison it's good it's not brilliant it's 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 kind of like a solid I give it like three and a half it's yeah I thought uh, it was really good yeah everyone was kind of saying it's amazing but it's no, like it's not amazing no it's, it's just well done kind of nice yeah, simple a revenge kind of and it has it's making some interesting points I think about gun culture in America hmm. there's some lots of shots with just like the insane amount of guns and how easy it is to access them and kind yeah of I think it, he
0: was just making a nice simple film I think it got I'm not sure that he meant to make this big statement. Art statement, and yes, yeah. it got kind of hijacked. But that was just a very good, solid uh, kind of a B movie type thing. Yeah, uh, very good. So, um movie moment of the month. Even
1: though I kind of ragged on it, uh, there's a brilliant scene in Godzilla where Aaron Aaron Taylor and Johnson and the other like marine dudes are. Getting dropped into the zone where Godzilla... I
0: mean, how did he know how to use a parachute? Like, he could just do all the military things. he's a soldier. He was able to defuse Go bombs. America. He or could, Japan. He could swim. He could do everything.
1: Yeah, he was action man. He looked quite bulked, but he didn't take his top off at any point. Big giant neck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so there's a bit where they all jump out of a plane and descend into the city with... And it's pretty much silent. Might be some building music in the background with red flares and it cuts to the city, them coming down, and the Beautiful city's shot. all astride yeah. smoky. It's amazing, it looks fantastic. It was
0: in the trailer and it's on the poster and that. And yeah. I think people thought the film might be a bit more in league with that sort of style. Like that first trailer was very, very good.
1: What do you if think you of Brian Cranston with hair? Looked
0: fake, didn't it? Um. He has hair a lot of the time. Yeah, I know, but it looked kind of fake. His hair in this did look a really bit funny. He had to age, you see. He had to age yeah. the 10 years. Um, my movie moment of the month is from Another Day, Another Time, celebrating the music of Inside lewin Davis. My movie moment from it is the Dave Rawlings machine singing I Hear Them All, which then goes into This Land Is Your Land, which is a, a classic song, and Gillian Welch is in there too. So this uh, bit of music, and it's going to wrap up this, maybe you sit and whistle dixie with your money and your power i can hear the flowers growing in the rubble of the towers i hear leaders quit their life i hear babies quit their cry i hear soldiers quit their dying one and all i hear them all i hear them all i hear them I went walking That ribbon a highway. I saw above me in the skyway and I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. Lovely. So that was a rewind. Um, so what we did last year was we looked back in time to 2003 because it was 10 years and so we looked at films I seem to remember Hulk and maybe the first Pirates of the Caribbean and just you know a bit of nostalgia there so this year we're following that thing again because it's easy and, um, back and to X-Men
1: season. back in time X-Men
0: and uh, Edge of Tomorrow have kind of weird time travel yeah. elements or whatever and uh, so we're going to travel back in time to when we were both 19 2004 yeah we uh, including producer Colin had just finished year one of college DCU. Yep. and uh we that summer we saw the pixies and the red hot chili peppers and possibly attended oxygen uh correct great good yeah year. but we're actually not talking about our own personal lives in 04 um, we're picking out some films of the year do you want to kick off harry yeah i'm going to start harry with potter. harry potter
1: harry potter and potter. Uh, the prisoner of azkaban um which i think was the best or was my favorite of the series cuz it introduced Sirius Black who was played by Gary Oldman that came out that year um do you know who directed it? Don't look. Oh, yeah, I do. Ah, okay, that was only my trivia. Uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Well, it was knowledge. kind of like, so who uh, directed Gravity recently. So I was like,
0: ah, I forgot that when I went to look up about it. And then all the all the nerds are like, yeah, it's the only the only Potter film with any real weight. Yeah.
1: So it made $250 million. Um, I was looking up a thing there, which is pretty impressive.
0: Nearly 250000000 million. Mm-hmm. Two four nine point five four one so. approximately. So yeah, that was a pretty good one to kick off the blockbuster season. That was only in America, I think.
1: Yeah. How do you figure out its gross Totally yoke? Okay. Um.
0: Yeah, find it somewhere. I'm not too sure. Um. Thanks. Great, yeah. up,
1: great input there. Yeah. Uh, What's your film?
0: Mojo. Anyway. Um. So yeah, I I can't remember if I saw that Harry Potter film at the time. Okay, I think I've, I think I have se- subsequently seen it, but what was interesting to me about it was that Harry Potter film came out in the summer, and I always associate Harry Potter films of coming out. I think Christmas. the last few were all kind of October, November, December. Yeah, the feel like right kind of anyway. winter Christmas films. do Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, my pick is uh, from earlier that summer, which is still in my top five of all time. Can anyone guess? That's Spider-Man right. Two. We had a contributor from the audience there. Spider-Man Two. Well done. And uh, yeah, like again, we had the um. The, the Amazing Spider-Man series is now up and running and seemingly going to go on forever, and, and I hate it. sickening this. Andrew Garfield is not my Spider-Man. Tobey Maguire is mine. And um, these films are really worth revisiting. I watched Spider-Man Two a couple of months ago, and um, it's, it's two better than the first one. Yes. Okay. Who's the bug guy? Has Doc Ock. Oh yes, but, yes. Um, Proper actor. Uh, yeah, Alfred Molina isn't that his name? Yeah, I think. And uh, it was a bit simpler before they, f- they realised oh we can put all the villains in it's just there's a good sense of peril and everything with Mary Jane and just kind of enjoyed it and he's not too smart and cocky or like everything going right for him around things so uh, big fan of the old Spider-Man too I had a Spider-Man on my wall then from that summer because I got a free poster from Empire and then I cut it out I was cool back in the day um, anyway The Village also
1: came out um, that year
0: yeah a blockbuster probably
1: yeah M. Night Shyamalan we was, all went to see that I think
0: yeah he, he yeah quite possibly went the to see it in World. yeah
1: yeah it was good it was because it kind of was the last one of his last big ones and it was kind of yeah there was like three big kind of twists in it that you don't see coming well I didn't anyway
0: I only remember the water what are the other twists
1: what water oh no
0: I'm thinking of signs <laughs> sorry oh,
1: god <laughs> Anyway, so the village But oh, um,
0: Signs not after that Signs was big as I well I didn't like
1: Signs though I thought it was pretty shitty Um, So the village Um, What
0: we do agree on is that M. Night Shyamalan is now very very silly
1: Yeah, he's kind of lost the plot uh, Joaquin Phoenix, Adrian Brody, William Hurt, Sigourney Weaver, Brendan Gleeson An amazing cast And um, it was directed by Bryce Dallas Howard It was, star- it
0: was starring Bryce Dallas Howard Sorry,
1: yes um so yeah, Thing. it was kinda there was about three big twists in it, and they're all good and surprising and it yeah, it was the last what one. What are
0: the three big ones? The one with the car at the end? The
1: one where you realise well you in kind the of future. yeah that it's well it's no, quite, it's in the present it's day It's a village. It's, it's just they're living in the past. Then yeah. that the, the creaturey things are actually the elders acting up and then there's a big shock when Joaquin Phoenix is stabbed by Adrian Brody.
0: Oh, I'd forgotten that one. Yeah, there you go. Three. That is quite a cast, isn't it? Mm. And it was, yeah. Signs so, did come before it. was 02. Yeah. I did a, and i was shite. Did a Google.
1: Um, also starred Joaquin Phoenix and Mel Gibson. Speaking
0: of Mel Gibson. Um, now we can't speak about Mel Gibson yet. <laughs> we'll come. To, you guys are going to be very excited about what we're wrapping up with this little section. Um, no, my next one is a film that uh, I think is one of the best films of the millennium. <laughs> People always say that and well no, you can kind of nearly get away. Terrible with it. reviewers always says the best Irish film in 10 years yeah. of the century of the millennium. Yeah. Um anyway, Collateral, Michael Mann's Collateral, uh which stars Jamie Foxx and Tom Cruise. Uh Tom Cruise plays Max and he um and he No, sorry. Uh Tom Cruise is Vincent. Jamie Foxx is, is Max and I was looking at a few clips of it there. And um, we'll wrap things up with something from it, but uh, Jamie Fox is really kind of almost like he's in Spider Man. He's in that same mode, and he hasn't really aged either as well, which is kind of creepy. Um, like Tom Cruise has aged a little bit. seen is a big departure
1: for both of them. Kind of was Tom Cruise playing a bad guy effectively. Yeah, um, but
0: it, it visually it was shot digitally, and it was at the at the time that was really groundbreaking. And if you and, and it was and all at night time, kind of yeah, around L A. and yeah. the old Um, LA has bit of trivia has recently looked into um, LED street lighting so the street lighting will be less yellow and more blue the Kelvin rating of the lighting is likely to change then Ah. and they reckon this might happen around the world so like this idea of the night scenes of American cities that we all have come to love from cinema will potentially be changing Um, reminded me a little bit of that film that no one saw from last month as well Lock where Tom Hardy was just driving around and it was all oh, okay. street lighting on the motorway as well but um, anyway Collateral um, go and get it and I I don't know what this would l- look like in HD like whether it would still hold up whether that graininess because mm-hmm. at the time remember um, the film last year the side by side film by Digital yeah. um, and they had a lovely shot from it and it actually looked kind of crap remember that? Yeah. And you're like, oh, actually, that doesn't look as amazing. It looks kind of grainy because it's all pushed really high kind of contrast in that. But um, really good. Uh, two comedies that we pointed out. Yeah. Uh, we actually dog. have a clip from a, from yeah. one of them. Do you want to get this it. one? All right. Press play. Beep. Hey there, Timmy. What?
1: Holy mackerel, mister. You scared the jeepers out of me.
0: How would you like to take a break from that fine lead-based paint and learn about dodgeball? Boy, would I! Whoa, whoa! Hang on a second there, sport! Patches O'Hoolahan! That's right, Timmy! If you catch a ball that's thrown at you before it hits the ground, then the player who threw that ball is out, not you! Plus, another player from
1: your team gets to come back... In- yeah, so there we have a clip of Hank Azir who plays a young Patches O'Hoolahan from the movie Dodgeball and then is later played by Rip Torn, who's now dead. Uh, Anyway, yeah, so that was kind of the big comedy, I think, from the year or from that blockbuster season. It's kind of the um, Ben Stiller and Vince Vaughn as rival gym company owners and kind of how many times have you seen Dodgeball? I think I've seen it about 10 times. Yeah,
0: that became that became one of the like seven DVDs that we were allowed to have in college. Yeah. And you just ended up we put on Dodgeball or Shaun of the Dead. And it's
1: always on telly as well.
0: Yeah, and I'd say it always does well. Like, it's, um...
1: You'll always watch a bit of it and be like, oh yeah, this is pretty good. Yeah. The interesting thing I was watching, I think when you still listen to DVD commentaries, I think I'd watched it that many times I listened to the DVD commentary, the director didn't want it to end Happily Ever After. Really? He wanted them to lose and then lose the gym and everything because it is called Dodgeball, a true underdog story. Um, but the studio was like, no, you can't end it like that. And then he had to tack on that um happy ending. The director is... Rawson Marshall Thurber who directed Were the Millers recently so oh. that's kind of his uh, next progression was Vince Vaughn in that I saw, th-
0: I saw that film and Jennifer Aniston was in it I can't remember who the man was
1: no it's the guy from like uh, uh, the Horrible Bosses or something he's called it his oh pl- Jason Sudeikis yeah I yeah. love him
0: there you go that
1: just shows how unmemorable that yeah. film was so it has loads of good laughs in it and it was good fun and as you say it's the
0: one you've seen yeah, and play, very instantly quotable as well and it made 167 million quid in the box office which is very exciting um, my one then is a film that is in that same year and if you said this and Dodgeball came out within a couple of months of each other you'd probably be kind of, you'd surprise a lot of people I think um, so it's Anchorman The Legend of Ron Burgundy which at the time not very many people saw in the cinema totally passed me by yeah I did see it in the cinema and um, do you think it was funny? I remember thinking it was okay. Mm. And then you rewatch it and everyone... Then you're like, ah, oh, now I kind of...
1: Yeah, because everyone went mad about it. And the first time I saw it, I was like, this is crap. What's
0: oh, yeah. so funny? But then again, second, third time, you're like, oh, yeah, this is hilarious. Yeah, and then fourth and fifth. And then you watch it and then, yeah. So it made half the amount. It made 90 million mm-hmm. only. And... Um,
1: Have you seen two? Is it any good?
0: Yeah, I missed the first 15 minutes of two and I just slotted in there when I went to see it in, in the cinema. I've never... It's like any kind of a reunion where when, like... Um, they just rehums. when, when Smashing the same pumpkins jokes pumpkins got or, back or, together know. when Pavement got back together when all these people that you actually wanted to reunite and then when it happens you're like oh yeah well that was a bit of a buzz but yeah maybe they should have just kept the mystery so
1: and it's weird that it's a sequel kind of but it's it was 10 years apart kind of like you could understand if it was the next year be like alright okay mm-hmm. it mightn't be as bad as such Yeah,
0: but the first Anchorman again go back and watch it it's very good and instantly quotable Instantly. So we've two uh, more that are not quite serious, yeah. They're slightly more serious, but both films that made uh shitloads of money.
1: Yeah, actually. Fahrenheit nine eleven is mine, Michael Moore, and it's the post nine eleven kinda examination of what happened to America and how they got into the war in Iraq and an examination of other war policy and everything. Um it's a fantastic documentary. You kinda I was watching some clips from it and you're like, Oh yeah, Michael Moore, he's kinda disappeared a wee bit of late.
0: Yeah, you get emails from him. Like I think he just just like doesn't isn't really a filmmaker, such he might
1: But I think it would cost six million to make, I think I read, and it made like a hundred and twenty million. So I presume he's insanely rich.
0: Yeah, Capitalism a Love Story. Last thing he did, and that was oh nine. Mm-hmm.
1: So maybe he's working on some magic.
0: And what's your more serious one? Um (laughs) well it's it's either comedy or it's very serious, depending on your viewpoint. The Passion of the Christ. Um, an amazing like, brave and weird film this was in it's great propaganda and film. all these other ancient it was Aramaic and um, um, uh, can you remember the other language? No. Aramaic yeah and Hebrew Hebrew probably. yeah I don't know um, Bible talk anyway and um came out and Easter and it got nuns excited it got priests excited we went to the cinema to see this um in a group i seem to remember and uh i seem to remember being given a copy me, of, like, Neville, of, of the gospel um no i got it on Grafton Street at the time then or something it opened this whole thing and like they were talking about it on the late late show at the time and people were like but we, it's really gruesome and, and everyone's like yeah but that's what that's what jesus felt like yeah. it wasn't fun being crucified i don't know why people in ireland were talking like that but um yeah. that was what the american like it it it's made um so much money, and everyone kind of saw it and it got people talking. Like so much, it's kind of like
1: one of those films you had to go and see.
0: Um, yeah, but it made so. Will I give you okay, I know we don't talk about money, but uh-huh. much. Um, because you owe me a tenner, but uh, thirty million budget, uh-huh. and it made six hundred and eleven million. That's in wow. U.S. dollars. So by my calculation, it's two thousand percent of its. No, that's wrong. No, yeah. that's right. Two hundred. Yeah, that was 2000%. kind of the last
1: film. Mel Gibson did the people liked him I think and then he became a bit off the wall and crazy and started you know
0: um, yeah Apocalypto as we mentioned it came recently and then he tried to come back with that thing with the beaver but yeah, oh, I think yeah. he's kind of the old the mad anti-Semitism stuff. but yep. And The Passion of the Christ, I haven't seen it since. It's been on telly once or twice around Easter. but It was a good film in regards because what I liked about it was it did the
1: representation of Jesus and Mary quite well where you're like, oh, here's a mother and her kid and that was believable. Did she
0: get the ride? No, she just had...
1: No, and then the bit with um, Judas was done really well and the character of the devil was done quite well because it's just like androgynous. There was
0: good elements to it. Oh, yeah I actually want to go back and watch it now more than any of these other films sorry the village <laughs> Um so it's very good and that was 2004 like it was it was a you know fair enough year we had um, what else there's some other things so Shrek 2 we didn't talk about I think that came out of Christmas meet the Fockers was also from 04 the Incredibles that was a winter film uh, the day after tomorrow this was what I looked at I was trying to find what the duds were the day after tomorrow oh that's a good enough disaster movie yeah you kind of forget a bit about it um, the Born Supremacy came out in the autumn which one's that uh, the second one okay not Doug Lyman, the first Paul Greengrass one okay um, and what was the other summary oh uh Troy Troy meh Try which, with Brad Pitt. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, mean, I couldn't remember anything about it. Is Colin Farrell in that as well? No, that that's you're film? you're thinking of. Um, Alexander. Yeah. I couldn't that's remember anything That's the one
1: with everyone had their own accent. Eric Bana? Uh is he in Troy? That's Troy. He gets killed. Everyone was very sad it's by fun. that because he had a wee baby.
0: All oh, right.
1: Yeah. Achilles is. Uh, Frodo might be in it. No. So Orlando Bloom.
0: Oh, was he? This was in the pre 300s kind of era of yeah. classics when they were a bit more series about... fastbenders
1: probably in it in the background somewhere.
0: Yeah. With his top off. Anyway, so we'll wrap up with a clip from... I've, ju- I've just done a Google. Can I tell you who's in Troy? Go for Can it. Can I give you this cast list? Like, yeah. Um, Peter O'Toole, Rose Byrne, Brendan Leeson, Diane Kruger, Sean Bean, Brian Cox, Orlando Bloom, Eric Bana, and Brad Pitt. That's a really good cast, isn't it? Who's
1: Sean Bean in it?
0: <laughs> don't know. Okay, anyway. N- Ned Stark, Game of Thrones. So that was it. Um, We'll quickly... Um, wrap up then with a uh, bit of stuff to look forward to in June. So I'm looking
1: forward to 22 Jump Street. It's coming out on the 6th of June. Next week, yeah. Yeah. Um, It's going to be directed again by Philip Lord and Chris Miller and they did the first one 21 Jump Street and recently the Lego movie and Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So that's kind of them. You've seen their humour. Like the first one was good, it knew what it was about. There's a great funny scene where they sit down with the detective and he's like, Look, you're just gonna do this and do this and he points out everything like and it points out everything with the plot. So there's a clip in the new trailer where the detective is sitting down again being like, Look, no one liked when you did that other stuff. We're just gonna do the exact same thing again, only change it a bit. <laughs> you know, so it knows exactly what it is, but so I'm pretty sure it'll be funny.
0: Double team. Yeah. We love Jonah Hill, we love Channing Tatum. There's gonna be a magic Mike too. Yeah, Magic Mike XXL. Yeah, is I presume Steven Soderbergh's not attached to that. Steven, oh, yeah, I have. he's the cameraman. He's, he said he didn't want to direct it, but he wanted to do lots of stuff, so he's decided to be cameraman on a DP. Brilliant. Um, and I think a lot of them are in it. Maybe not Matthew McConaughey, but oh, right. some of the other guys. He's Channing Tatum. Mass. It. Yeah, Why so that's also on the 6th of June. To, yeah, also on the 6th of June is uh, a smaller film, uh, Fruitvale Station, which... um. Everyone thought it was going to be in the kind of awardsy conversation last year, uh, for a guy called Michael Jordan, not the Michael Jordan. Um, but it's a true story and um, based around um, an incident that happens on a, at a subway station. And they have CCTV of the actual incident, and then they just do the whole lead up to it. And um, really nice, simple film. Forest Whitaker is in it, and you know it's a nice thing. It's under ninety minutes. It's, very simple story and just brilliantly put together. Great, that sounds good. When's that coming out? June 6th. Brilliant. Oh! Face off. Face, well. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure. Fruitvale Station has been in the mix for, like, came out in America last autumn, you know. If you're the person who uses, like, American Netflix or any of these illegal things, you potentially have probably seen this film, but... Uh, yeah. there no, you it go. looks good. The trailer for it looks very yeah. good. Yeah, and Mrs. Brown's Boys, 27th of June, it's going to make more money than... There was,
1: she had an election poster on Thomas Street. <laughs> Mrs. Brown for the film. I was like, oh, fantastic. Bit of viral yeah. marketing.
0: Okay, we'll call this now, we won't know next month, but will it make more money than Calvary? Mrs Brown's voice yeah uh, Calvary is the top grossing Irish film of the last kind of 2-3 years I think Back to the Guard
1: I don't know, I know will old people actually go out and see it
0: yeah ratings as we know massive um, on TV I'm going to say no yeah I don't think so either it'll, yeah. it'll cost very little but maybe worldwide it'll, make it'll do more great than, on DVD it'll make more than Calvary worldwide but in yeah. Ireland they've got um,
1: to they have it out for Christmas on DVD they will
0: yeah, and speaking of Irish films that haven't made massive amounts of money, uh, Frank came out this month, and oh, uh, we yes. got to, didn't get to talk about it too much. We did a big splash on Frank last month, and it feels like it has been in the mix for, for a long, m- long, long time. Six months, so, yeah. Um, yeah, you wrote five out of five. You can't see any fault in it. Or There's
1: only one tiny thing with it I didn't like. I didn't like the sex scene between Donald Gleason and Mikey Gillenhall. I just like, kind of thought it was pointless, and it was more... A British thing of like oh we throw a bit of a pointless sex scene in here and for grand, mm. it didn't seem like it was uh, Lenny Abramson's doing yeah
0: so that was my thing I'm I'm in the 4 out of 5 camp and uh, it didn't feel at all like a Lenny Abramson film nothing like yeah. to do with saying anything about society it felt like a John Ronson film which it was but I don't agree with that until
1: for the, like for the last 20 minutes it's a Lenny Ironson film yeah yeah film. I
0: can that's fair enough that it, like, it manages to it manages to kind of find itself but all that but he can't keep
1: making Garage
0: and Adam and Paul for the next 10 years oh I know that yeah but like it just felt like his brushes with comedy are a bit Felt a bit forced to try and get. Felt weird oh, laughing and at Paul, the stuff in the trailer that made us think we're, were jokes, and then when you're in the context of the film, you're like, "This is a horrible tragic." Oh, but film it's still very funny. It it's very funny. It is very darkly funny. It's black humor. Yeah, yeah,
1: and I think it is still is a, quite at heart. Lenny Ironson. like if you go back and look at Adam, Adam Paul, it's incredibly bleak, but um, it's very funny as well. You know, and it kind of has that dark humor.
0: Yeah, so this I just I just wish I this would have been the ultimate film. This would be like if I just had seen it without being told for the last kind of, six mm. months that it was the best film we're ever going to see. And here, wear this mask. And oh, it's a light. It was a genius
1: marketing, marketing campaign because like if yeah. you saw that film, there's no way you could have saw the film. It was sold that to anyone. No one would have went and seen it. A bit it. hard, yeah. So they did a great thing
0: and fooling is people no, to be that, like, yeah,
1: that. and this is Little Miss Sunshine two.
0: Nearly, yeah. You know, quirky. go to
1: South by Southwest, have a ball. Yeah. When it's a film about
0: depression and you know so mental illness, very dark. <laughs> uh, cool. Um, yeah, we'll wrap up now because we've been here for four hours. Um, and uh, so I chose a scene it this month. Well, we chose it together actually. It's from um, the Michael Mann film that we were talking about earlier, Collateral. And basically, it's, what the fuck are you still doing driving a cab? Here's Tom Cruise. We'll see you next month. I think you're low, my brother. Way low. Like, what were you? One of those institutionalized raised guys? Anybody home? In and in the standard parts that are supposed to be there and people and you Huh? not And why did you kill me? Well, Gabby's never Sigmund Freud meets Dr. the roof. Answer the question. Look in the mirror. Paper towels, clean cab, the little company someday. How much you got saved? I didn't know business. Someday, someday my dream will come. One night you'll wake up and you'll discover it never happened. It's all turned around on you. It never will. Suddenly you are old. never will because you were never going to do it anyway. You're pushing in a memory that zone out in your barco lounger, being hypnotized by daytime TV for the rest of your life. So don't you talk to me about murder. All that it ever took was a down payment on a Lincoln Town car. For that girl, you can't even call that girl. What the fuck are you still doing driving a cab?